Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Happy Monday, November 27th, 2023. This is episode 339 of Elijah Fire. Guys, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I certainly did. Thanks for rolling with the punches last week. Uh, all those pre-record episodes. Really great, guys. If you have not watched last week's episodes, I would strongly encourage you to. Also, we closed out Julie Lopez's fantastic teaching series on spiritual warfare, four parts. So go check that out. You guys will definitely be worth your time. I'm actually going to be leaving tomorrow. I'm doing tomorrow's episode and then I'm going to be gone for the rest of the week. So Jen and Illumination are going to be filling in for me. We've got a great lineup of guests in the second half of the week. So look forward to that. Also, you get to hang out with Jen and Illumination. So both of them do amazing jobs interviewing. It's going to be great. So guys, if you're listening on Spotify, make sure to follow the Elijah Fire podcast on Spotify. Give us an honest review. And wherever you're listening to this podcast, also make sure to give us an honest review. That'll really help us out. Follow the Elijah Fire podcast on Spotify as well. So guys, anytime you donate to ElijahStreams.com slash donate, all proceeds go towards keeping this free at five days a week. And there's a lot of moving parts behind the scenes. Um, as many of you know, we're also hiring a new editor. So a lot of moving parts um, and your guys' generous donations definitely go towards that. But we also don't stop there. We go, you know what? And by you, by we, I mean, Steve goes, you know what? Let's take it a step farther. And so anytime you guys donate to ElijahStreams.com slash donate, we take a portion of that donation and we put it into our amazing water well effort. So we're going to play a quick update video on that and then we're going to get going. Many people do not have access to safe, clean water, which is why we have made it our mission to help change that. It takes time, prayer and research to identify the right locations for new water wells. As we discover a village that could use clean water, we travel there to get to know the people. We cover a lot of ground and spend countless hours on our way to visit the unclean water sources and back again as we search for the ideal spot for the new well. The exciting part comes next. The surveyor confirms that the water is present and then the drilling team is mobilized. Water eventually springs forth the community's happiness explodes, a realization that sets in and know that God has heard their cry for help. Following the completion of the well and the installation of the custom sign, a celebration praising and thanking God is held. Many come to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Destinies are being changed around the globe, one clean water well at a time. Donate online at ElijahStreams.com slash donate or mail a check today to Elijah Streams, 525 2nd Avenue Southwest, Suite 629, Albany, Oregon, 97321. All right. And then guys, one more thing I wanted to point out um, is next week we start our final teaching series of the year and it's with James Gall. And I was just honored that he said, yes, it's actually a really cool story. And we'll share that later. Um, of how that even came to be, but it's going to be all about uh, prophecy. It's going to be about how to receive a prophetic word, how to give one, how to steward one, how to be a good steward with prophecy. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that, you guys, and just his wealth of knowledge and experience. So stoked. It's going to be awesome. So that's going to start next Wednesday is the first episode. 
Very exciting. All right. So speaking of exciting, I'm really excited uh, to have this guest on. I've been an admirer of his work for a long time. His films have greatly impacted me, especially when I was in missions in YWAM. Um, he's a filmmaker. He's done documentaries such as Figure of God, Furious Love, Father of Lights, and most recently, The God Man, uh, which many of you have probably seen. It was in theaters. Um, and so we're going to be talking all about that and more. Let's give it up for our guest today, founder of WP Productions, Darren Wilson. Darren Wilson, welcome to the show, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, we busted out the snow and sleigh bells for you. I love the retro stuff. It's awesome. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, the Christmas, we call it Neo Retro, man, because the takes 80s me back. Is, takes you back. Takes me back to my Nintendo days as, yeah, a, as a kid. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> well, dude, I'm really excited to have you on the show. Um, and like I said, I've been a big admirer of your work. God has really impacted myself and a lot of my friends that were in YWAM. Everyone was like, dude, you got to see Furious Love. Um, and I think that you just do such a great job of capturing um, it, it, it just you do such a great job of capturing what God is doing, not just in the America, but internationally. Yeah. Um, and thank you. Yeah. And something that I want to kind of jump right into is how you even got into filmmaking. We're going to be covering a lot of ground during this episode, but I think it's really interesting I was talking to Robbie Dawkins and he said to you, or he said about you, yeah, Darren, uh, you know, he's a friend, uh, you know, he actually used to not even be into all this charismatic stuff oh, yeah. and he was definitely on the outside. Yeah. Um, and so I, I made a comment to you backstage. I was like, you know, what happened with you happened with me and it's happening to a lot of people right now. Um, and so I want you to actually just jump into how you even got into filmmaking, how you even started finger of God, which I believe was your first one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So why don't you tell people just jump right in, man. Okay. Well, I don't know how much detail you want. Cause it's, it's a, it's a long story. I'll try tell to tell as much detail as you want. We got an hour. So. All right, let's do it. Okay. Yeah. So basically, uh, so you know, I went to, um, right out of college, I went to film school. I, mm -hmm. I always knew since I was 13 years old that I wanted to be a writer. Um, and so I just was like, I'm just going to do it. I knew it was a million to one chance to succeed, but I just, I, I, my goal was to just outwork everybody. Mm -hmm. And so I went to film school, but I went for, as a, as a, for screenwriting. And so I literally talked to my way out of every producing and directing class. Cause when you go to film school, they want you to be all around. They want you to take all these different classes. I'm like, look, mm -hmm. there is no way I will ever direct a movie ever, <laughs> ever. Like I just, and I was such a freak mm -hmm. for writing that my professors, they're like, all right, well, this kid, he's, he's just, that's all he wants to do is write. Yeah. So that's what I did. So I, I talked about all those things. And of course, now that's pr primarily, I'm just a, <laughs> a director and producer. Mm -hmm. But so basically what happened was I became a college professor at uh, 24 years old. Uh, I, was teaching, I was teaching English. Uh, so I was like, like freshman English and writing classes and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, just struggling writer, trying to get stuff published, trying to get screenplays off the ground, nothing, nothing, everything failed. So around 30 years, I was around 30 years old and um, my family started getting really involved in this church in Toronto um, where there was revival was happening, apparently. 
revival what you want to call it. right and <laughs> revival, uh yeah yeah so they, so they started going and they, they would go to these conferences like every two to three months mm -hmm. and they'd come back with the craziest stories i've ever heard in my entire life and i didn't believe any of it i was like this is all this is all not, you guys are all crazy uh -huh. <laughs> right limbs growing out people being raised from the dead all this kind of yeah. stuff like that's that's not that's not true these are the people just they want your money Mm -hmm. And uh, but they were, but my my family was getting like radically radically transformed going to these things and they kept trying to drag me to them and I'm like I'm not going to go to a con it's like, I'm not going with this weirdos it's, it's not, not just weirdos it's church for three days straight dude like yeah, I can't yeah, do yeah. it you know what yeah, I, mean? yeah. I can't do it yeah. and so and so basically what happened was um, I got this I you know I was I, I I hit this kind of six month period where I got writer's block for the first time in my life. Mm. And um, I, I, just, I get really irritated if I have something to work on. And, you know, I remember my wife, she was going to all these conferences and she was hearing about people like who are hearing the voice of God. Right. And she's like, well, why don't you just ask God for an idea? And I'm like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I'm like, like, that's what uncreative people do. Yeah. Right. Like, that's what people say. Like, God gave me this idea for a song. And it's like the worst song ever. It's like, yeah. you know, I'm like, okay, God. Yeah. 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 Uh -huh. So anyway, so I, but I was so desperate. that I remember I went to bed that night. And I was just like, I was lying in bed. I was like, God, I, you know, this is my literal prayer. I said, God, if you have an idea, I guess I'll take it. That was literally my prayer. Uh -huh. And within five minutes, this idea exploded in my head. Of, and, uh, the, and God, God is so funny. He knows exactly how to get you. Yeah, he does. Um, because if he would have come to me and said, I want you to make a feature film documentary about all the wonderful miracles that I'm doing around the world, I would have been like, uh, there's, uh, There's no way I'm making that movie. I'm gonna like I don't even make movies, right? But instead, he gave me this little idea, and it was like um, the idea was make a short film about weird stuff that Christians believe. Okay, and I'm like I, that I can do, yeah. right? Because I'm like I think they're all weird anyway. Uh -huh. And but you know I'm like but it's also it's a movie. I don't make movies. I'm a professor. I don't know you know. So I kind of put it on the shelf, and I was like, all right, God, like. Someday when I'm successful, uh, I'll come back and I'll make this for you as like a as like a thank you offering because I knew it was from the Lord. It definitely was not from from my own okay. brain. So a few months go by, um, big conference is happening in Toronto. My wife comes to me. I want you. To, she says I want you to go to this conference. I'm like, there's no way. She's like, no, it's cool. It's a prophetic conference. And I'm like, that's a double no. Like yeah. that's that's where the really weird people are going to go, right? And so she's like, no, listen, if you go to this one conference this one time with us. I'll never ask you to go to another conference again. So I'm like, all right, let's rip the bandaid off. Let's do this. Mm -hmm. So long story short, I go to this thing. And um, I remember every night they would have um, prophetic, like a prophetic time. Where, and, and I hated, I hated this place, this Tor the Toronto, the revival, all that kind of stuff. I thought everybody was nuts. Everybody's laughing and, you know, barking. And it was just like insanity, right? Everybody's yeah. shaking. Uh -huh. um, and it's like, I'm like, this place is nuts, but they would have these, this time where you could go get like, you could get like, have somebody prophesy over you. So I'm like, okay, well I'll get my fortune told. Right. And that's yeah. how I viewed prophecy <laughs> back then. Like, yeah. So and I, by I the went, way, everybody, the, the, what Darren is describing is exactly what my perspective on all this stuff was. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. Continue. Yeah. So, uh, complete charismania. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I go and for, for three nights, they would, they released like kind of their prophetic team. And yeah. I, I got two prophecies each night. So six total. And every single one was the exact same prophecy. They all said, there's something on the shelf. 
it's gathering dust and God wants you to take it down and run with it. Come on. And they all ended it with, and you know what I'm talking about. Oh, dude. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I kind of do. <laughs> but I'm like, of course, like, it still wasn't enough. I was a good evangelical Baptist boy. So like, I need a little bit more confirmation mm-hmm. than, you know, six straight prophetic words. Yeah. <laughs> so the last night of the conference, um, I remember the, a guy who was one of the, pre- the, the preachers, his name was Bob Jones, who I thought was super weird. Um, he gets up on the stage, he interrupts worship, and he says, uh, ex- exactly, this is what he says. He says, uh, an angel has just entered the building. And his name is Breakthrough. And he's come here from Nigeria, where he's been for the last 10 years. And he's brought a whole bunch of his angel buddies with him. And they're going to be searching this place, um, looking for hearts that are turned to the Lord. So we're going to let Breakthrough and his buddies do whatever they want to do and just keep on praising Jesus. And then he, like, walks off the stage. Entire place erupts. Breakthrough is here. Everybody believes this guy. I'm the only one of who has any reason left in the building. Huh. And I'm like, how, like, does, do people not vet the speakers anymore? Like what, like, uh-huh. how does this guy know an angel came in? How does he know his yeah. name, where he came from? How does he know all this stuff? Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I am done with this place. So I'm in the very, very back where all good skeptics live. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, worship is going on. And I, just, I, I, I close my eyes and I'm just kind of like, just like, God, I'm going to try, I'm going to worship you the way you want to be. Like you really want to be worshiped, like calmly. And like, you know, stoically with self-control, self-control. And, yes, yeah. exactly. I'm like, yeah. So I close my eyes and I'm just start. I'm trying to worship and somebody walks right in front of me and I'm way, way away from people and like really close. Like you can sense when somebody's by. Uh-huh, you know? Yeah. And I was annoyed because I'm like, I'm trying to get away from you people. So I open my eye, open my eyes and there's nobody there. And so then I close my eyes uh, again. And that's when I become um, officially a crazy person myself. So basically I am, I have my eyes closed and I'm staring at this figure that it's a, it's an outline of a man. I can see him perfectly. I can only see him with my eyes closed. I'm opening my eyes. There's nothing there. I close them. It's this outline, but more than just what I can see in like with my eyes closed, um, I could feel for the first time in my life ever in church, I felt something. And this, this figure was so intense His his hands were clenched and he was like vibrating with energy. And I'm like leaning back against the wall and he's leaning towards me. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? Mm-hmm. And I remember I had this thought and I just thought, I, I don't know what this thing is, but it wants to break through a wall. And as soon as I had that thought, I knew that that weird old guy was telling the truth. Mm-hmm. And I knew that the angel named breakthrough was standing in front of me. I couldn't have done. I'm a college professor. This doesn't happen to me. This happens right. to the weirdos who go to these conferences. Yeah. And I'm like, this, and I don't know what to do. Right. I'm just like, I, I I don't know how to react. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm thinking back to all the Bible verses I've read about angels. I don't know angel etiquette. I don't know who speaks first. I don't know anything. All I know is an angel's in front of me. And I, and I just I'm freaking out. And so um the angel so then breakthrough then says are he he speaks i can't hear it's not audible but it's like all that i can hear it's the best way i can describe mm-hmm. it okay he says are you ready and i have no idea what he's talking about so i but i knew enough to know that if an angel asked you a question yeah you're just yes. like yeah just yes yes not yes like an idiot just yeah. say yes yeah. that's why i said so i'm like yes and so he says again are you ready sound like macho man randy's it was like oh, very yeah. intense yeah. yeah it was just like it it was just like it and I'm like, yes. And so the third time I see these hands go up and he's, and I realize he's grabbing my head 
Dude. And he screams in my face, are you ready? And I finally spoke out loud the third time. I was like, yes, ready for what? Like, I don't know what's going on. And then he just kind of sat there and smoldered for like five to 10 seconds. And then he just said, make that movie. And then he drifted away. Dude. And I was like, what? Right? Dude. And I remember thinking in my head, wait, don't go. Because this was the coolest thing I've ever experienced in my life. Instantly, he's back in front of me. But this time, the, the presence that I felt was the most tender, loving. Oh, I can't even describe it. It was so loving and gentle. And he whispered this time. But it was louder than when he screamed at me. And he said, what do you want? What do you need? I'll stay with you all night if you need me to. Man. And I remember thinking, I just wanted to like fold into him. I just wanted to like fall into him. And so we just kind of sat there and I said, I don't need anything. I just think this is super cool. So I said, well, and he sat there, didn't say anything. So I'm like, after probably half, half a minute, I was like, okay, I guess you can go now. And so then he, he left. Cause I realized like there's a lot of people want breakthrough in, in this room. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, my whole life, the, you know, I, I, I ran from God. I loved God, but I didn't like him very much. Hmm. And I definitely didn't trust him. Uh, I grew up in the church and I was just kind of like burnt out. I was like sick of all the hypocrisy. I was like, yeah. again, with all the charismatic stuff, I'm like, this stuff is all nuts. Yeah. But like, you know, and I remember thinking that the reason I didn't trust God was because I, I was convinced that all he wanted from me was for, for me to be a worker bee. He just mm. wanted me to get in line and do what he wanted me to do. Right. Yeah, man. And, um, and it, like what I wanted didn't matter. It's just, it's your will be done. Not mine. It's all about like, just self-denial and do, yes, that's it yes. for the rest of your life. Yeah. I have dreams. I have, I have, you know, I, I have things I want to do. doesn't matter. You have to be a missionary. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's kind of what I always, yeah. you know, cause that's the greatest sacrifice you can make mm -hmm. overseas and be a missionary. Form I did it, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my worst nightmare. Yeah. Don't send me to Africa. Just don't send me to Africa. <laughs> yeah. It's so, I've been there like five times since. Yeah. Oh, but the irony. Long. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I basically was like, I just didn't trust him. And so I, I remember I left and I went up to like, there's a balcony area. I just wanted to be like very alone because this was, I was, I was really shook. And uh, I remember I, I, I laid down <clears throat> or I sat down on the ground. I said, God, what is, what are you doing to me? What's happening? Cause I knew this was real. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had the very, at that moment, I had the very first vision I've ever had in my life. It just came up like a video screen. Come on. And I saw this, uh, this picture and, 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 you know, people did don't know this. Uh, and I never said this to anybody, but uh, my greatest memory as a, as a kid was playing cat baseball, a catch with my dad. Mm -hmm. My dad is, is, a, is an artist and he, you know, he had a home studio and I'd always go out and like, can we play catch? And no matter what he was doing, he'd always say, sure, let's do it. He'd stop. He was a potter. He'd stop what he was doing. Mm -hmm. And we'd go out and we'd play for 10 minutes. That's all I needed, you know? Yeah. But that was the height of like being a kid where you're like, you're like, you're just hanging out with your dad. You're doing something you both like. Yeah. So that was like, that was my thing. And so this vision, <clears throat> I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, the natural with Robert Redford. I have. Uh, it's, it's an old, uh, like eighties, like baseball movie. But at the end of the movie, there's a Robert Redford and his son. They're playing, they're playing catch, uh, in a field of wheat. And uh, so that that's the vision that he gives me. I, I see, you know, mm -hmm. me and the father in this field of, of wheat and we have baseball gloves. And the Lord then spoke to me himself 
and, he, and it broke it broke me forever. And all he said was, "Do you want to play catch?" Ugh, man. And he and he threw me the ball. Yeah. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit elijahfire.com slash give. And dude, I'm telling you, I was a puddle of tears for 15 minutes. Nothing was spoken. It was just a vision. It just kept playing. It was just throwing the ball back and forth. Mm. And I was crying harder than I've ever cried in my life. Because for the first time in my life, I understood that God didn't want anything from me. He just wanted me. And that's what, that's what broke me. Like, I was like, I was, it was like his very gentle way of, of saying, don't be afraid of me. I'm your, I'm your dad. Right. Yeah. Like, and I'm way better than you think I am, man. And I don't want anything. And it was, I just broke me, man. And so then I remember the vision ended and, um, and I heard him say, get up. Now remember this is, I'm like, not a person who here has ever heard from the Lord. Like, I don't, mm. this is, this is new. Yeah. And he said, I heard him say, get up. So I get up. I'm just, just a mess. And he says, walk to the edge of the balcony. And so I walked to the edge and he says, now look at them, look over the edge and look at them. And I looked and it was like, he put new glasses on my eyes and everybody, everybody's just being totally charismatic. Like, you know, they're shaking, they're quacking uh-huh. like ducks. They're just, you know, they're all, they're doing their, their thing. But it was like, I, he put glasses on and I saw like hurt, pain, fear, abuse, yeah. Out. I just saw all their yeah. junk that they're dealing with. And then it lifted. And the last thing he said to me, he said, will you make it for them? Will you make it to show my people how much I love them? Yeah. Now, remember, dude, I'm thinking this is a short film about weird stuff, right? And I'm like, I don't know. I, I told him, I'm like, I don't know how this idea is going to show anybody that you love them. But at this point, I'm yours. I'll mm-hmm. do whatever you ask me to do. Mm-hmm. And so uh, three weeks later, I was sitting down for my very first interview ever with a man named Bill Johnson I'd barely heard of. And um, that away we went. And yeah, made the whole film, Finger of God, for I think it was about $20,000. It was all travel. Had to teach myself how to do everything while I'm doing it. Uh, I was bankrolled almost entirely by my 94-year-old Mennonite grandmother who just believed in her grandson. Come on. And uh, yeah, put it, I, I finished it, uh, put it up on Amazon and went back to teaching. I was like, well, I did what I was supposed to do. And then God just breathed on it and it became just an absolute monster. Just became a massive, just underground hit. I think I've, I think we spent at most $5,000 on marketing and I've sold, I mean, hundreds of thousands of copies. Of Come on. Book. I mean, it was, it was just all God. So Come on. that's how it started. Man. Darren. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's I, I've never heard that story before. I'm sure you've told it so many times, but for me, I've never heard it before. And um, so what, what happened next? Cause I mean, obviously, so you said you had to teach yourself everything. Cause I mean, you're a mm-hmm. writer predominantly, you know, yes. you were saying all the directing, producing opportunities in school. You're like, no, thank you. I'm a writer. That's what I'm about. Um, so you went out and you just, out of necessity did all this stuff pretty much yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. And so what happened, what happened next? I mean, how much, how, how long after that were you like, I've got another idea or how did the next so, thing? Yeah. So furious yeah, love, curious. furious love came about. Um, it actually, Heidi Baker actually uh, prophesied that movie to me while I was still filming finger of God. Okay. So it was, a, it was the last shoot we we're filming in Turkey. And uh, they're just, you know, it's, they had the whole big like crew there. They're just doing all this uh, this missionary stuff, and I was just kind of along for the ride, just filming stuff. 
And uh, so this like, well, you know, they're kind of praying for everybody. So they, they're like, okay, well, Darren, we want to pray for you. And I'm like, all right. And so I sat down on the chair and she just starts to pray just a normal, like Christian, like bless him, bless this movie, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden she stops and she goes, oh, oh my, oh. And I'm like, what, what, like, what is she seeing? Right. Like, <laughs> she's yeah. like, um, she's like, I don't know how to tell you this. So I'm just going to tell you what I see. She said, I see you filming the demonic and I see you filming the, the darkness. And then she's like, and then, but then the Lord says, you need to go into the darkness to show the light. Come on. And, um, she said some, a few other things and she's like, but, Basically, it was like you need to film, you know, in dark places and uh, and, and spiritual warfare. And so, I was like, man, I, I don't even know if I can finish this movie. Let, let, I'm not the last thing I'm thinking of is a sequel. You know, a second movie. I'm just going to go back to teaching. Yeah. But it definitely it stuck with me. And then once Finger of God became a hit, I knew I had kind of my second. Because that's in the beginning, um, you know, I had no ability to hear from the Lord myself. I very much relied on prophetic voices that were kind of in my life that I was coming across. I would film with these people. I never met them before. And they would just prophesy over me and tell me things that like I would kind of get like my kind of where to go, so to speak, mm -hmm. um, from them. Because I'm like, I, obviously, I can't hear from God, um, mm -hmm. you know, and that, that all that changed with with Holy Ghost. But we can get there but but yeah so basically that's where furious love came from uh from a prophetic word from heidi baker where i was like okay i have my i had my marching orders and i really just felt like god gave me permission to put him to the test and put his love to the test not him but his love to the test and so for that one i was like well if i'm going to make a movie about spiritual warfare and and going into dark places i'm gonna i'm gonna you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna throw a softball i want to throw a fastball yeah god and basically like i'm gonna go to the darkest places i can find and i just want to know is there anybody too far gone for your love mm. and the crazy thing with that movie man it was like the darker we went the the brighter his light shone like he's not afraid of anything that we do you know mm. what i mean and uh yeah so that's kind of how the second one came man out. So really quick, because I remember you, the big thing for, that God said to you, look over the edge. He's like, do it for them. Do this mm -hmm. movie for, the, for them, the uh, finger of God. So when you were done with that, you said you released it and you were like, okay, I'm just going to go back to teaching. What, was your attitude kind of like, I'm sorry, everybody. I'm, I apologize. Uh, but I had to do this out of obedience. There you go. Like, did you think anything of it other than, okay, I was obedient. I did it. But I mean, I'm sure that, you know, because as a creative myself, I know what it's like to hit the barrier of your skill level, mm -hmm. but your vision is greater than your skill level and you can't get it there. And you're just like, all right, well, I'm just going to let it go. Uh, and yeah. yeah, so I just want, I was, I'm curious what seeing those things unfold your attitude more into your attitude when you actually did finger of God. Yeah. So first things first, I, I should probably explain how I edited the movie. So um, one of the, I remember uh, Heidi's assistant, her name is Shara at the time. She actually uh, gave me a prophetic word as well. And she is, we were in Switzerland. This is earlier. And she gave me this, this word. And she's like, the Lord is showing me that when it comes time to edit this movie, he's going to take you into his womb and feed you intravenously and show you exactly how to edit this. 
Jeez. So I'm like, oh, that's that's pretty cool. You know, I'm like, I don't believe you, but that's cool. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and it's but the, I remember. So I had all this. I had a hundred hours of footage that I had shot, um, all on tape, by the way, no digital. Nice. And uh, I remember sitting down. It was I was editing it in my uh, again. I had to teach myself how to edit. Editing in my in my living room, and I remember like thinking, I don't know if I even have a story. Like I've got all this footage. I have no clue how to tell this story. I'm like, I don't even know if I have anything. And, uh, but I remember that I remember that prophetic word from Shara and I was like, all right. So I remember I sat in my, in my, my chair and I prayed and I was like, God, I'm going to take you at your word. You said you'd, you'd take me into your womb and you do this. So I'm not, I'm not moving until you give me something. Cause I'm like, I didn't have anything in anyway. I didn't have any ideas. Right. So I sat there for literally 10 minutes and I, I don't know if you've ever like tried to just sit listening to God for 10 minutes straight. It's a long time. It is a long time. Like you don't hear anything. It's you silence, <laughs> dude. It is silence. And I'm like, I'm about to fall asleep because I'm like, I don't, you know. And then all of a sudden I heard this, this little whisper. And I heard him say, make them laugh. And I knew exactly what to do. And so if you, if you go back and you watch the beginning of Finger of God, there's like, it starts with my aunt and uncle. Because this whole thing started, this is a long, again, a long story. It all started when my aunt and uncle went to this church in Toronto. This, and they got, they both got gold teeth. They walked in normal. They walked out with gold teeth. Okay. Both of them. And so that's something that was like, okay, I can't deny this. I can't say this is false because I know these people, right? Mm -hmm. So I started the, the movie off with them. And it's like, you know, I said, this is my aunt and my uncle. And they, and they, uh, they both got gold teeth. Or no, they, they said like God gave us gold teeth. And so I pause it in the movie and I said, hold on, did you hear that? Like, like it does a reverse thing. And then yeah, okay, yeah, goes, I've seen this. Yeah. So it gives like, it, it's it's not, a, it's not like a bring down the house. It's a chuckle. You get it, you get mm -hmm. a little chuckle, right? But that was the, that was the thing. And what I've discovered and when I started showing the movie more and more, I realized that it really disarmed people to be like, okay, this isn't like some cheesy Christian, you know, like over the, it's like, this guy's actually like a normal dude and like, he's got a sense of humor. So let's get like, I'll stick with him for a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. And so basically the entire film, I would go every day and I would just pray. I'm like, God, tell me what to do. And he would give me a little chunk and then I go and edit what he showed me. And so if you actually go back and watch finger of God, you realize it's just a bunch of small chunks put together. And the reason is, is because God was showing me every single day wow. what the, what the new chunk was. And he put it together the way, like the way that it's put together. It's actually put together, you know, perfectly in my opinion, mm -hmm. as far as from what I had. Um, so, so that's the backstory. But then I remember when I had, when I finished it, I'm like, I had no idea if it was any good. Cause I'm like, there's nothing like this out there at all. Mm -hmm. Like, and so I, I, I pulled about 30 of my, of my, my closest friends, my pastor at the time, I, I took them all to, to the college where I was teaching and uh, I said, you know, this is my new movie. I just wanted to show it to you guys and just get your opinion. And I remember we started, I was so scared. I was so nervous and the movie came up or the, the ending happened and the lights come up. And I remember my, my sister couldn't talk to me because she was so overcome. Hmm. My brother-in-law was, who's like not super emotional. It was like tears in his eyes. He's like, that was incredible. I had a friend in the corner who's manifesting a demon. Like I, like it was just like, I mean, it was like people were just undone. Right. Come on. And that's when I realized I'm like, I may have something here. Right. Yeah. But I'm like, I don't, but so I, I knew it, it had something on it. Uh, I just didn't know, I, I didn't know how to market it. So, I mean, my marketing plan was put it on amazon.com and 
that was it. And so I didn't really know, like, I knew it had something, but I just didn't know. And what really changed everything for me was uh, the ministries that I had filmed, like Heidi's, uh, Bill Johnson, they started taking it with them when they would go speak. And that's where people really started to discover it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once it got on TBN, that's kind of everything kind of exploded, like in a well, really and, way. And you putting on Amazon, correct me if I'm wrong, when it came out, that was pre streaming. Like, that's 2008. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't like, oh, what's this? I'll just, you're, you're scrolling through Amazon Prime, you know, streaming service, and you're like, oh, what's this? I'll watch right. this. Right. It wasn't yeah. like that. It was all word of mouth, 100% yeah. word of mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's wild. Okay. So then you did furious love and you were like okay i'm gonna go into the darkest places and darkest places you could think of to see if anybody was irredeemable um what happened after that what was the fruit of that movie that one um so that was one where we first the lord gave me the idea to turn uh churches into movie theaters so we were the first ones to ever really do that like say like let's we're gonna take give churches the opportunity to basically show this film in your, that was not really done before. Churches always would, would rent out movie theaters, but they never actually showed movies in their, in their sanctuaries. So for that one, I partnered with a, a company and uh, who had a, a similar kind of vision for it. And uh, we got, I think six or 700 churches all around the world on one night. Um, and so that one, you know, I remember, that was really cool though for, for the editing for that one. I remember I was sitting in my, in my studio putting it together and uh, I wouldn't, I, I, I wanted it to be as impactful emotionally for the audience as it was for me making it. And so I basically would sit there and I would try different things. I try different types of ways to tell a, a particular story and I wouldn't move on until I, until I cried. And so like the movie is very heavy in the sense of like, it's just so emotional because every frame is designed to make you cry. Mm-hmm. It's designed to like hit you. And so for me, it, when I, when I kind of welled up with tears, that's when I knew if it's affecting me and I know what's happening, and I wasn't there. I know it's definitely going to hit you. Um, and I'll just tell you a really quick story that, that yeah, again, right. I, I was doing, I was, uh, I was kind of touring um, in, uh, in, I was in South Africa and a woman came up to me um I think I was showing, I may have been showing Father of Lights, but she came up to me and um, with her son, who's probably mid twenties. And, uh, you know, he, he, she's like, this is my son. Um, he, up until uh, four days ago, he was a, a, a meth addict and um, he's hopelessly addicted. I basically told him he has to watch this movie, your movie, Furious Lover. I'm going to kick him out of the house. And so he watched it just to stay in the house. And he got so convicted and over overwhelmed by the movie that he literally, he went and he threw all of his meth away and he was, he's been, he'd been clean for four days and he just, I mean, he couldn't even talk to me. He just put, he just like fell on me and and cried. And I was like, man, I did not know art could do this. I did not, you know, that, that movies can have this kind of of an effect on people. Um, And so then, you know, it really became, that's been the hard part, man, is like, try, I, I, you know, I, <clears throat> I, I don't want this to come out wrong, but at the end of the day, I'm an enter- entertainer. Like mm-hmm. I want to entertain you. I want mm-hmm. to, you know, cause like if you, if a movie's not entertaining, like nobody's going to watch it. Well, especially even in a doc documentary sphere, I would 100% agree with that. I mean, there, yeah. 
Yeah, I I don't think that's wrong. I think that that's part of just the way you're wired as a creative and as a filmmaker. Yeah, and so so the hard part has really been walking that tightrope of like wanting to make um, movies that impact people, but also like really you know wanting to make them super entertaining as well. And so for me, kind of the sweet spot has always been I make. I just had to get to the point where I'm I'm not making these movies for you. I'm making them for me. Mm-hmm. I want to make something that blesses me that I find interesting. Cause I think if, you know, coming from my skeptical past and just, yeah. you know, all, and all my training, like if it, if it, if, you know, if, if I can rewatch it a hundred times and still be blessed by it, like, I know it's going to be good for, for everybody who's watching it for the first mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, to your credit, and this may be the, I was listening to an interview. I'm not the biggest Quentin Tarantino fan. I just appreciate him as a filmmaker, but he said something really interesting. Someone asked him, they're like, do you watch? Uh, I, I heard that you watch your movies. If they're on TV, you'll stop and you watch them. And he goes, yeah, I do. And I watched them. He's like, just the other day, I watched such and such one of his movies. Hmm. And they were like, and he's like, it's sad. He's like, I see a lot of filmmakers, a lot of great filmmakers. If I name them, you would be like absolutely flabbergasted that they said this, but they're like, how can you watch your own films? By the time I'm done with the film, I'm so sick of, I can't even watch it anymore. I hate it. And he's like, Mm -hmm. why are you in this business? He's like, everything I make, I make for myself. I'm you're invited into that journey, that, that, that expression, but I'm making it for, I'm making movies. I want to see. Um, you know, and obviously people have their own opinions about him, but I just thought that that was, that was a, a little nugget that I took with me. Cause I'm mm. like, yeah, I mean, so Darren, I completely, completely understand where you're coming from. Some people might oh. be like, oh my goodness. But as, as an artist, it is very important as a creative, it is very important that you have a stake in whatever you're creating yeah. and that it's so I 100% understand what you mean by that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll shoot. I go back and I'll read. I'll read my own books every once in a while just to like pump myself up. <laughs> yeah. Like, just oh, to kind of yeah. remind me of like, oh yeah, God is really good. Like I totally forgot yeah. that I, you know, had this idea back once. But yeah, but anyway. I mean, even like with the, I guess the God breathed nature of a lot of what you've done, it should excite you revisiting it. Like going like yeah. that is really good. What I wrote there, which I don't remember writing. You know. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I mean, there's so much, so many directions we could go so much. Um, you had mentioned, I want to say it was with Holy ghost. Mm-hmm. You'd said. Something... Well, I could start finally hearing for myself. Yeah. 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 Okay. Why don't you yeah. talk about that? Yeah. So, uh, so I remember, so father of lights was my third film and, uh, it was kind of always viewed as, I just kind of, this kind of like Trinity of films. It was just this, this trilogy. Yeah. And uh, I remember when I finished Father of Lights, um, <clears throat> I was I was done. I was pretty much done making these movies and I was ready to move on to like make, you know, real movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I just was like, I, you know, there's nothing else for that, that I thought that I needed to do. And then uh, I was at a it's funny enough. I was at a, a Jesus Culture conference and um, Bill Johnson was speaking in New York. And uh, I remember, you know, he he spoke and and the Lord just really hit me and I got really lightheaded and I just felt the Lord say, I, I want you to make a movie about the Holy spirit. And I was like, man, that is like not what I want to do. Cause mm-hmm. the Holy spirit freaked me out, man. Like I was, okay. I, 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 
this point I was really fully drinking the Kool-Aid, but like at the same time, like the Holy Spirit was still this kind of like nebulous, like I always viewed him as just like smoke, you know, like you can't, there's no personality there. It's like the Holy Spirit was, it was very unpredictable. Um, and I was just like, I just was, I, I was kind of just freaked out by him. And I knew you that, felt that like was, you couldn't film that. Is that, no, it wasn't that it was just, I was scared of him. Okay. I was scared of the, I was scared of the, it was the same thing with father of Light. father of lights came out because I was scared of the father. Okay. And I knew it was, I knew theologically that was wrong. Help Elijah fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah fire and the Elijah fire podcast possible. Visit Elijahfire.com slash give and become a partner today. Because when Jesus says, you've seen me, you've seen the father. Well, I thought Jesus was the bee's knees, right? Like he's awesome. Yeah. But like the father, like I always wait, thought he just wanted to pound on me kind of thing. So this is um, even after that vision you had about, hey, I want to play catch with you. Oh, yeah. It was a very slow process. I mean, that was like, yeah, like, okay, the, like the father doesn't want anything from me. But I still thought that he was always angry at me. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he, like, the only reason he didn't, he didn't constantly beat me up was because Jesus is like, hey, don't forget, I, I died for him. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Um, and so like, so Jesus, I never doubt, I never doubted his love for me because you don't die for somebody that you don't love. So, but the father was just like, he's kind of freaked me out. So then I made father of lights again for myself to like, I got to, I got to figure out who the father actually yeah. is. But then when, when the Lord said, make move with the Holy spirit, it was the same kind of thing. I'm like, boy, I just, okay. You know? And I remember mm-hmm. I told him, I made a deal with him in the conference. I said, I said, I will do this under one condition. Like I can deal with God, like I can yeah. bargain with God. <laughs> but you know, at the time that's where my head was at. And I was yeah. just like, I will do this, but like you have to direct it. I, I, I am, I cannot make a movie about the Holy spirit about some, someone that I don't understand. Um, and a little, and, and a little freaked out by, so you just have to tell me what you like, I'm going to do. And so bait that kind of created the, this idea that became the film Holy ghost and Holy ghost reborn, which was to try to make the first movies in history that were completely led by the Holy spirit. Wow. And so that, so to do that though, I had to not now step out of my own comfort zone and say, I, I'm not, I'm no longer going to listen to like other people tell me what to do. I'm going to like have to just listen to the Lord and, and move on what I'm hearing, seeing, dreaming, whatever. And uh, it was the most stressful nine months of my entire life. Uh, I mean, I dude, it was so, I remember I finished filming, we finished filming in the very tip of, of South Africa. And, um, we had like Kickstarter backers with us and stuff. And I remember we did our final shot for the movie and I was all done. And I remember I said, cut. And I said, that's a wrap. And as soon as I said, that's a wrap, I burst into tears and cried for 10 minutes straight. The backers are looking at me like, what is wrong with this guy? Dude. But it was so stressful. And I was like, yeah. like, I just got to that point was just a release of like, we did it. We did it. God, mm-hmm. I cannot believe we did it. And uh, yes, but I filmed so much for that one that I had to turn split it in two films. That's why there's Holy Ghost and Holy Ghost people. So you weren't planning on doing two films. You were like, yeah, I'm just mm-hmm. going to follow the Holy Spirit and just do a do a film. And it turns out it was two. Yeah, yeah. Turn it. Yeah, about halfway through filming, I realized like I have way too much for a, yeah. a two hour movie. So that then it just became okay. It, this is going to be a two parter. So the first part is more the power of God, power of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Ghost reborn is more of kind of the loving, uh, gentle nature of the Holy Spirit. So when you were doing that and following the Holy Spirit during those nine months, next week you could be somewhere and next week you didn't entirely know what you were going to be doing. Or did you? Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know anything I was going to be doing. 
ever. Yeah. We would so like uh, <laughs> uh, like we would we'd show up. We, we the plane lands. My crew says, "What do we do now?" We just land in Rome, and I'm like, "I don't know." Like we just we hit the streets and we see what God wants to do. See, in the past, I'd go, I would, I would go and film with like established ministries. So I'd go and film them, all the cool stuff they're doing. So at least I have something. And then we'd typically take like a day with like my talent and we'd go out and we'd do some stuff on the stream, just see if God, see if God will do anything with this one. That was all we had. There's no safety net. It was just, we're just going to go where I think God's telling me to go. Um, you know, I remember for the, the scene in Monaco, um, in, in Holy ghost. Um, I remember the Lord uh, told me I was, I was having my devotions. He said, pull out, pull out a map. And I knew I was praying about the Holy ghost and all that kind of stuff and where should, where I should go. And, and uh, about, especially in, we we're going to go to, uh, I knew I was going to go to Europe in Italy. And so he pull out a map. I'm going to show you where to film. So I pull out a map and I'm looking at this thing and I'm thinking like, you know, my mind is like, oh, he's going to send me some cool, like biblical place, like the island of Patmos, maybe, or something like that, you know, something uh -huh. that's near Italy. And uh, everything I'm looking at, it just everything's cold. And so I remember I saw, then I saw this word Monaco, and it just felt like hot. That's the best way I can describe it. It's like, it just kind of came off the page for me. And I'm like, you want me to go to Monaco? Like, what's in Monaco? And then I was, as I was praying, he showed me a picture of a brown of a boat. That was brown and that's it so I'm like, okay i guess we're going to monaco we gotta find a brown boat so that was that was the entire that's all i had for that for that trip mm -hmm. and uh if you ever watch if you watch the movie you'll see i mean it was a big became a big part of the film but um you know it's just that, that it was that kind of thing where we just show up and i'm like i don't know what we're gonna do that's why it was so stressful because you're spending tens of thousands of dollars at this point with a, with crew and you, know, you got all Kickstarter stuff. backers. I mean, these are people that are Dude, invested. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Investors, you're like, so we're going to be doing this film. What's it about? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> don't know. Find out. You'll find out when I find out. Yeah. But yeah, so that's kind of how that whole thing went, and uh, so that really kind of grew. Uh, it was it was it was like boot camp for hearing the Lord's voice, and it was it was funny. Um, you know, I remember we were we were it we were doing the big we had this big huge um, release of the film, and uh, I think we had over a million people online watching it. It was really cool. We did it out in Reading, and uh, you know the movie starts and we're you know there's all this big hubbub and everybody's excited, and uh, I remember my wife leaned over to me and she's like, just out of curiosity, how do you know that you actually heard from the Lord, versus you didn't hear from him, but he backed you up anyway. And it was like, I was like, uh, that's a great question. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, but, but the answer is it doesn't matter because yeah. you know, it's, it's highly possible that I made everything up in my head. It's, it's possible. But at the same time, God did move. Cause I think that's all he cares about. He just wants his kids to like, you know, I'm being faithful with what I've got. I've got a couple of loaves, a couple of fish and a couple of loaves. Right. I'm going to give you everything I got. Right. And it's like, if I heard right. Awesome. If I didn't hear right, he he's not going to leave me, you know, in the lurch. Dude, yeah. You know, I'm so glad you mentioned that Darren, because when I was, especially when I was discipling, you know, younger people, um, when I was in YWAM and they would get so bound up about hearing the Lord and they were yeah. like, where am I supposed to go? And they're like, you know, let's say Japan, for example, they're like, I, I, I feel like it could be Japan, but I'm not sure. And what if I step out? And I'm like, do you really think that God is going to be like, dang it? 
Darren is trying to hear my voice and he went to Japan when I wanted right. him to go to Ethiopia. Come on. Right. It's right. ruined. Lo, the fact alone that in a world that says, you know, forget God, I'm going to do whatever I want. In a world like that, you are choosing to turn your gaze towards him and say, God, what do you, what, where do you want me to go? What do you want yeah. to do together? And, and that moves the heart of God. And it becomes easier and easier and easier to hear him when you step yeah. out like that. Yeah. And then when I moved on to, to the God man, that was when everything, it, that one was really different from the others because. Seven the years other, in the making. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So yeah, that was, so the God man's the newest film and it's about Jesus. Yeah. And I, and for this one, it was, it's the most important movie I that I'll probably ever make. Cause it's okay for me, this is the big one. This is, this is Jesus. You can't, can't screw this one up, man. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, you know, with Holy Ghost, there's I I embrace some of the controversy, you know, which was which is fine. I want I kind of want to rile you up a little bit. I want people to get out of their their comfort zones a little mm -hmm. bit. But with the guy, but with all my films leading up to the God Man, they were always an exploration for me. Mm -hmm. Okay, they're always me. I want to find out more about the Holy Spirit. I want to see God move in darkness. I want to find out. I need to know who the Father truly is and what His nature is. With the, with the God man, with Jesus, it was like, I, it wasn't about exploration anymore. It was about in introduction. I wanted to introduce you to the person, to my best friend for the past 15 years. Because there's nothing to discover. Like, I mean, there's plenty to discover, obviously. But like, that wasn't the point of this movie. The point of this movie is I want to introduce the world to the Jesus that I, that I love. Well, you even and said that Jesus was always the easiest for you to he was the easy one of. yeah absolutely absolutely he was the, he was the you know in the beginning the big brother he was you know he was mm -hmm. the one that was just like yeah he was he was the most relatable because he was actually a human you know what mm -hmm. i mean mm -hmm. um and i could read about him and i could you know i could hear what he's what he said mm -hmm. but um with this one it was just like i just you know for me it was like i cannot screw this up god like just right. you have you have to help mm -hmm. me like more than ever before and he did i mean most of what i filmed in in the godman came to me in dreams which has never happened and actually wow. the very ending the ending of the movie when we went to honduras um that's the first time ever the, the lord gave me a dream where he told me exactly where to go in the dream and what to look for like it was wild man and that's wow. all in the movie but i'm not going to spoil it <laughs> wow <clears throat> so why did this take seven years to make you were telling me backstage this took this was kind of like a seven-year process some of that was probably the pandemic a little bit it but... was money 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 was the first problem okay. so we tried to do we we thought we had had raised them the funds for it two times prior and everything just kind of fell through um and it, it's you know when you look back you know hindsight's 2020 and i look back and i'm like okay the movie would have been wildly different um from then versus now, um, also because just where I where I'm at personally as well, um, but yeah. So but then so it took kind of four years to finally get money, and then once we got, I literally finished the fundraise on Indiegogo about a week before everything shut down the pandemic. So basically, I'm stuck. We can't you can't travel, you can't do anything, um, and so that so that's why the actual filming of it took about three years simply because the pandemic just screwed everything up. Yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah it did so uh darren how what has been like one of the biggest things that you could take from all of your experience starting the finger of god maybe it's before then but uh, up until now is there like one through line kind of or a couple of things that you're like these things just 
ring true. If I look back on this whole body of work and everything that God has done, are there certain things you can extract and be like, this was an absolute like game changer for me, or this was like something that is undeniable about God. I, I would love to hear your kind of your reflection on that. Yeah, no, there's, there's one thing and it's become my life's there's everything that I do, everything I create from here on out. It's all that matters is that God, um, all like the, the, the purpose of life. I always want, cause you always ask that question. What's the point? What's the purpose of life? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Purpose of life. As far as I'm concerned, if what I've discovered is that is to become friends with God. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Um, heaven's a, heaven's a great byproduct of salvation. The, what you get when you, when you choose Jesus, what you get, uh, when you go after God is you get, you get a friendship. Um, and it's not, God's not your buddy, obviously, but like, you know, I, I always, when I, I speak in churches a lot. And one of the things I always tell people it's, um, you know, what is, if you think about your best friend in the world, okay. Like, cause we all, we all love people, but we, that we don't trust. Right. But your best friend in the app in the world is the person that you trust the most. Um, and to, and so for me, that's really what it's come down to is friendship with God is radical trust, but it's, but it's radical trust on both sides. Hmm. Cause we always think it's just about, we just need to learn to trust God, but there's a, there's the flip side is that God also needs to learn to trust you. He needs, you know, and that's what, you know, the, the, the parable of the talents is a perfect example. Yeah. I'm going to give you a little bit. Let me see what you can do. Right. Let me see how you handle this, how you handle success, how you handle everything. And I can give you a little bit more. And, you know, and, and, you know, if you look at like, you know, the guy who screws everything up, God gives his talents to who the guy who did the best, did, did the most with it, the guy he can trust the most. And so for me, that's really what friendship is. And that's ultimately what faith is. Faith is trust. And that's mm-hmm. why faith is the, it's the, it's the currency of heaven. That's what makes, you know, make, you can move a mountain simply by trusting in God. Hmm. And, and uh, so for me, that's really been what 15 years of, of filming has taught me is that God, he's not impressed by how many DVDs I've sold. He's not impressed by anything that I do. He's impressed by how much I trust him, hmm. you know? And that's why, you know, you look at Abraham who, um, you know, is one of the greatest friends of God in the history of the world. Why is that? Why, why is every, I'm the God of Abraham. Isaac and Jacob. It's always his, that's his introduction to everybody is I'm the God of Abraham. Why? Because this guy trusted me to the very end to like, I, I, he will, I will kill my boy because you asked me to, because yeah. I trust you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, that's it, gnarly. It, that's, <laughs> it's the currency. It's, a, it's the currency of heaven. Yeah. Um, but, but the good thing about God is he's so good that like, you can trust him. You know what I mean? Like it's terrifying, but like it really, it honestly really shouldn't be. I think the hard part, at least for me has always been, I'm trusting in somebody who's invisible. That's the hard part. Um, as, especially as a filmmaker, like how do you film an invisible God? Right. It's yeah. like, it's always, how been does one, movie. how does one Darren? <laughs> uh, one, one puts oneself in very difficult situations that only God can, uh, uh-huh. if God doesn't come through, <laughs> like I'm done. Uh, yeah. There's no film. There's no yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, but yes, yeah, so I just think that's the biggest thing for me is, um, is 
constantly wanting to to grow in a deeper friendship and trust with with the Lord, but also be a person, be a man who he can trust. If he gives if he gives me an assignment, he knows I can take it to the bank. I'll, I'm sure there's filmmakers who are more talented, but I'm definitely going to do what you're asking me to do in as pure as way as I possibly can. Man. So uh, I guess lastly, I'm curious, you know, you've been going around the world for, I don't know, definitely over a decade, mm-hmm. filming all kinds of different things, God doing amazing things. Has there been any changes you've seen from when you started this to now with the God man? Uh, have there been any significant changes or like things that you've noticed an uptick in or an increase in hunger? I just would love to hear your thoughts. I just, the thing that I see the most, uh, so, so, you know, two of my kids, um, my oldest are 20, gosh, 22 and 19. They're both at uh, a Bible college down in Dallas right now. And they are just absolutely on fire and they're surrounded by kids who are on fire. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are 100% not impressed by and all their friends not impressed by any celebrity like christian celebrity at all mm-hmm. not even remotely <laughs> and i think that's the thing that i've seen really shifting the most is almost like god is like kind of he's like rattling the cages of the church and especially like celebrity yeah. christianity i mean you see i mean everybody's falling everybody's you know there's just so much stuff that's coming to light yeah and it's just like and i just think people are kind of sick of it they're just kind of over that that season um, I think, you know, it was good for what it was, but I just, what I'm seeing more and more, especially with like, it's kind of the younger generation, like we're always so terrified that the, of the millennials and like, cause they, you know, they, they can't hold a job and they freak out and they cry on TikTok and all that kind of stuff. But, mm-hmm. but what I'm also seeing is, is the ones who are, who are finding God, like they are, they're sold out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I think they've, they've just grown up in a culture where it's just, it's all fake. Everything is fake. And the, the moment they taste something that's real, um, it's like that's they'll give their life to it. And so that's what I'm seeing more than just like I just I just need the 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 man or woman of God to pray for me. It's like, no, I just want I just want God. You know, I just want more of him. And it's like not even like I want to touch. I just I just want to be in his presence. Mm-hmm. That's something that that's a shift that I'm seeing, you know, you know, more and more. And maybe it's just because that's what I see in my kids and like the and and the you know, the, the people that they're kind of rolling with, but, you know, I'm hearing the same thing from guys like Robbie and all these, you know, um, it's just like, there's just a, there's a change that's happening. I think um, even as the world gets darker, it's like, it's almost like there's just this like refining thing that's happening. Yeah. So good. Well, Robbie, man, thank you so much. This was really good. Uh, I really enjoyed just hearing you reflecting on all the amazing things God has done. What did I, I called you Robbie. I, because you said Robbie, Sorry. and I was thinking Robbie. Yeah, I know no, your name I is. I know your name is Darren. I Darren Wilson. I know your name. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, it's one of my team members was like, "Dude, Darren." So, anyways, there you go. Um, I got a really funny story about that, but I will, I'll tell you next time. Okay, um, but man, I would love actually love for you to pray for for people. I I think. I mean, however you feel led, but one of the ways that really stood out was just like, man, there are so many people watching who have a loved one, whether it's a spouse, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a a sister, a brother, 
who is in a very similar place to you, where they were very turned off from, from God. They were very uninterested in all the weirdness. Um, mm-hmm. But I would love for you maybe to pray into that. But however else you feel led, man, that'd be awesome. No, I'd love to. I was actually praying before we I came on here, just like, Lord, what do you want me to pray about? And um, I just really felt like he was, I, I just kept hearing the word dreams. Um, yeah. And so I'm going to pray for that. But yeah. uh I think the Lord wants to kind of release dreams for people like, like act not dreams, like of success. I'm talking about like when you're in asleep, he wants to meet you dreams. in your dreams kind of thing. So yeah, I'd be happy to. So good. Awesome. Take it away, man. Okay. Well, father, I just thank you for everybody. Who's, uh, who's listening to this. Uh, it's, it's no coincidence that they're here, uh, that you brought them here. And so father, I do pray uh, for, for those who have loved ones who, who have, people in their lives who they know just need a touch. They just need to, to know that you're real yeah. um, for the prodigals, for all, just all the, everybody who's struggling. And father, I just ask that I just ask for breakthrough uh, in those relationships and those lives. Um, and, and, and father, I do ask for, for, for those people that you will begin to, to meet them in their dreams. Um, father, I, I, you know, I know that you've met, you meet so many people in the Middle East in their dreams and, and they're, they're introduced to the man in white. And Father, I ask that you'll begin to do the same thing here uh, in the States and in, in the West, uh, that, uh, that you'll even while people are sleeping, you'll bypass their natural um, issues with you or with Christianity and you'll just introduce them to the real you. I also ask for those who are listening who do love you. And God, I ask for, for, for dreams and, and, and visions, Father, for them. Uh, that you will begin to, to just take them into a deeper place of friendship with you, uh, even in even in the nighttime. Um, and I just yeah, I just pray breakthrough over every every need, every um, every every sorrow that that people have, every every struggle that people are having. Father, I just ask that you will come and meet them exactly where they're at, and I pray peace for the peace that passes all understanding mm-hmm. to just fall on every single person who's in Jesus' name. Mm. Amen. Amen. Dude, thank you, thank you, thank you. How can people? Um, how can they watch the God Man? How can they follow you? How can they? How can they uh, watch your other films? Why don't you tell people? Yeah, so the God Man—it's a little funky right now. So the God Man has its own website. It's called thegodmanfilm.com. Okay. Um, it's also available on and on Amazon. It'll be on iTunes and stuff soon. Uh, it's, just, it's just a process, but. But thegodmanfilm.com is where you can go and get the Godman. Otherwise, everything is at wpfilm.com, which I think has been on the screen this whole time. Yeah. Uh, that's all my other stuff is uh, is there. Uh, we've got a streaming service, WPTV, that has everything I've ever made. So yeah, if you just, I mean, honestly, if you just search my name, you'll it, it'll be pretty easy to find me. Super easy to find. He's very easy to find on Google, everybody. So, <laughs> and also, just the don't God- read negative press. That's yeah. All. Don't yeah. Avoid just ignore that. that. You all know, people are uh, calling me Satan. Just, just avoid those. So you're not Satan. That's so you're officially not. That's that's a hot take. Right I don't. There. I don't. I don't think so. Yeah. No. I don't think so. <laughs> last last like, I checked, I'm like, not. I just know it. I just know he is. There we go. You heard it from the man himself. Not. <laughs> not. I Satan. love Jesus. I love Jesus. Yes. 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 Yeah. So um, the guys, the link to the God Man is in the description under stuff we talked about. And you can also find links to all of his other stuff in the description as well. You guys know the drill. So Darren Wilson, thank you so much, man. God bless Thanks you. Thanks for having man. me. Yeah, Appreciate absolutely. It. So everybody, that's our show. Tune in tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time with Spencer Nakamura. He's back. It's going to be a great conversation. 
Um, really looking forward to that. So we'll see you guys then. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. Thank you.